On today's Locked On Texan podcast, a one-on-one conversation with third-year tight end Brevin Jordan. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, thank you for stopping by. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texan and like, comment, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And Spotify. If you are one of our everydayers, thank you guys for checking us out again. We are close to 4,000 subscribers, so we can't do any of this without your help, your ears, your eyes, and most importantly, the Houston Texans, your team every day. I am John, some sports guy, Hickman, your Texan football analyst, joined by none other than the Texans credential media member and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Here to have a one-on-one conversation with Brevin Jordan before we get into that, which is what we'll kick the show off with, have a game show style segment, the <laughs> rapid fire question, uh, which is going to be super fun between Cody and myself, and then we'll end off with the YouTube comments. Going into his third year, Cody, Brevin Jordan, I think, is a player on the bubble, unfair that we've mm. been able to judge him to his point. There's been a lot of chaos, which has ultimately played a role and why he's on the bubble in terms of when we look at this tight end position. Dalton Schultz signed in the offseason. Now it comes down to second-year tight end Tegan Quintoriano, uh, veteran Mark Shrek, and Brevin Jordan, who did not capitalize on the opportunities he was able to get last year, had some drops, had healthy scratches. The one-on-one with Brevin Jordan, Cody, let's get that going. So, um, of course, you know, year three with the Houston Texans. How do you feel in general going into your third season? I feel good. Uh, body feels good. I, I've leaned out a lot. I've lost a lot of body fat. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. I feel sharp, feel feel excited, and feel, feel eager. I mean, there's there's no words for it. All those words are a, com- a combination of how I feel. I'm excited, bro. This offense is nice. You talked about, you know, you losing some of your, you know, body weight, you know, mm-hmm. if I could put it that way. Um, how is that going to be able to benefit you on the field as a player? I mean, it's just going to make me more explosive. I mm-hmm. mean, to add muscle, muscle always weighs more than than, than body fat. So, yeah. I mean, my weight's the same. I've just lost, you know, I think 2%, 3% body fat. Mm-hmm. I've gained through 2 3% muscle. So, just continue to continue to add in that in that uh, regards to my game, man. It's gonna help a lot. It's gonna translate on the field. You talked about how excited you were playing in this offense. What is different from this offense this year versus the last two years? Uh, I mean, it, it, it all has kind of the same same concepts. Everybody in the NFL runs somewhat the same concepts. I think more so, uh, it's just a fresh start. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just you know, being around new coaches. You know, the rookies and, and just the energy that Demico and his staff brings to the to the building. I mean. I'm excited. You have to be. There's no other way to not be excited about it. What feels different about this coaching staff? I'm not trying to get no, you no, caught no. over anything, but what makes you feel different with this coaching staff? Because, you know, even though this is year three for you, this is also the third coaching staff that you have yeah, to, yeah. like, get adjusted to. Yeah, I mean, I, I've only been with this coaching staff for maybe, you know, four weeks, five mm-hmm. weeks. I haven't been together with that long. But 
there's not I mean the the thing that I like a lot about this coaching staff is you know they're young they're energetic and you know they're flying around with us you know yeah. there's, I'm not saying there's a difference between the old staff and the new staff there's in that regard there's young guys on the old staff old guys on the old on the old staff new guys on our staff old guys on our staff but I think just the the energy that D'Amico brings to the building man yeah. you know he's a former player we he can relate to us so I mean we just we have no other option but but to play hard for him. It feels like he's one of us. He's playing with us. Yeah. Um, last year, well, going back to your rookie season, you know, you showed a lot of potential and promise. Last year was kind of somewhat of a down year. Right. Uh, had a couple healthy scratches and stuff. How much of your second season is going to benefit you this, up- this upcoming year? I mean, I've worked myself tirelessly, man, to, to improve. I've worked uh-huh. myself tirelessly. You know, I, I, there's no other so options. There's no other options not to have a big year this year. That's the only option for me. You know, uh, going into year three, I got to I gotta. Put all my bags into all my marbles into one bag and just you can go. No thinking, just no time to, there's no time for rookie mistakes, no time for young mistakes. It's, it's all goes foot forward after the other. It's still early, of course, with this being a voluntary OTAs, mandatory camp start next week, then you have training camp. Right. What are some of the things that you're taking from OTAs that's going to benefit you as the um, rest of the offseason continues? Just continue to play fast. I mean, just continue to jump off the ball, continue to be explosive. I mean, there's, there's always you know, progression that can be made as a football player, as an athlete in general. So, I mean, just to, just continue to play fast, continue to play explosive. And, you know, I feel like with, if I play fast, play explosive, my athleticism will help me take over. That was Bourbon Jordan. Had an opportunity to catch up with him at the end of OTAs right before mandatory minicamp, guys. And I would like to say that Bourbon Jordan, you can tell that he definitely knows the importance of this third season. He's worked on his body. Um, you heard how excited he is not to just be a part of this new offense, but how excited he is um, being a part of this new coaching staff, especially with Coach D'Amico Ryans. And, John, the one thing I love about Brevin Jordan, he is one of the guys that I'm starting to really build a relationship with, is the fact that it didn't matter if it was his rookie season when things looked promising. It didn't matter if it was, you know, during the dog days of last season where he was getting healthy scratches, where a lot of us were sitting here scratching our heads, thinking to ourselves, thinking to ourselves why is Brevin Jordan um, a healthy scratch and of course going into this year watching him in OTAs watching him at mandatory minicamp which by the way he has looked very good he has always been the same person very positive and someone who is always going to put in the work the work I've seen him showcase throughout camp so far is the same mentality that I have seen over the last two years and John I do believe the only thing that is probably going to stop Brevin Jordan in the sense of really finding his niche here with this team is his blocking. And you know, that is something that you and I have talked a lot about here on this show ever since he was drafted. Cause I believe coming into the 2021 um, NFL draft, I believe he was ranked as the third tight end prospect, which was, and a lot of people say he would have been number two behind Kyle Pitts had he been a better blocker at that position. So hopefully, Just hopefully, I haven't seen it yet in camp, but hopefully when the time comes, whether it's preseason, whether it's the first couple of weeks of the 2023 campaign, we will see a much improved blocker from Bervin Jordan. I'm not worried about him as a pass catching tight end because he had already showcased, especially during his rookie season, that he can go out there and make plays. Yeah, also for Bervin Jordan, for me, and I'm glad, first of all, you pointed out that 
the tone of that conversation from Brevin Jordan, because that's what I wrote down. Sounds like he knows it's now or never for him, mm-hmm. at least in terms of him being a Houston Texan. Uh, he also highlighted that he needs to go out there because of his athletic ability, go out there and make plays. And so that's what I'm looking at, because I'm glad you mentioned he has to be able to sustain blocks and be that can't be as weak as it has been for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's been bad in terms of him being a blocker out there, but with his skill set that we've been talking about since he got drafted, his athletic ability, he has not been able, and I'm looking at the numbers here. He has not been able to be a deeper threat as a receiver at that tight end position. Right. You go back to his rookie year in 2021, in terms of deep attempt passes, only 23 yards. Now, when you look at the short attempt passes that he was able to catch, you got 42 short left, uh, 38 short center, 18 short, uh, 18 short right, 17 in between the middle, you know, intermediate, uh, intermediate routes, excuse me. So in terms of him being the athlete, I think when we look at this offseason, do we expect Tegan Quintoriano to be a Go out there, let's put you and run a seam route type of receiver, type of tight end, excuse me. I don't. He hasn't shown it to see that. But when we looked at Brevin Jordan coming out of Miami, those were some of the things that really popped off the tape for me. And since he's gotten to the league, none of that has translated over. So Mm. in terms of him being the tight end that can separate himself, and please, by all means, Cody, let the listeners and myself know if that's something that you've been able to see. He's going to be be able to have to make plays down the field, right? Because, you know, one of the things that I liked about Brevin Jordan, and when I looked at him coming out of Miami, I said, wow, what if Houston can get some type of, uh, not Jimmy G, uh, your boy from the Saints from a few, what's his name? Jimmy Graham. Oh, Jimmy Graham. Okay, he has a basketball body frame. Uh, He can go up and get it out the air. I think he ran like a four or five or something like that. So he got some Mm -hmm. speed. Maybe he can be a Jimmy Graham type of receiver in terms of his body style and what I saw out of Miami. Has been able to do that. So all of the ways he can beat out Tegan Quintoriano, like Cody mentioned, you got to be able to block much better. It's Mm -hmm. been atrocious at times. You got to be able to have that coaching staff trust you to be out on the field. How many healthy scratches did we see out of Brevin Jordan last year? And this was on a team that in terms of wide receiver help – and tight end help lacked real talent on the field consistently. So those are two things that held him back. But he has to maximize his talents that he already has, his God-given talents. And that's being able to just go out there and make some plays down the field. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good because the stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted Look, Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit better than the regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog fixed this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like the khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL 
for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Welcome back in, Locked On <laughs> listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. Listen, I've been waiting for this all week. So without further ado, the Locked On Texans game show. Let's get it started. Hold on. All right. So Cody and I have five questions that we're going to ask each other rapidly. We have, let's say, 15 seconds to answer (laughs) and explain why before we move on to the next question five questions rapidly and then Mm -hmm. guys in the comments because we will close out with youtube comments so hopefully next week we'll be able to circle back but in the comments we want you guys to participate as well whatever questions cody asks whatever questions i ask you guys go ahead and answer so i'm gonna bring the i'm gonna bring it back one more time (laughs) let's go Cody, would you like to start it off? Start it off as the contestant or the host? The host. Okay, fine. Well, let's get started. Okay, first question. Perfect topic. Will Brevin Jordan finally find his niche with the Houston Texans in 2023? I'm going to go no. I'm going to say that with Mm. Dalton Schultz arriving to this team, and I think how they're going to attack this offense in terms of wanting a guy out there to block, Tegan Quatoriano is the perfect option at tight end. Hmm, sounds good. 14 seconds. Look at that. Okay, question number two. Amar Sauce Gardner dominated the league last year. 17 games, 75 tackles, 20 pass deflections, two interceptions, pro bowler, and first team all pro. Under new head coach D'Amico Ryans, will Derek Stanley Jr. have a better sophomore season than Amar Sauce Gardner? I'm going to go with... Yes, I think that we're going to mm. see Derek Stingley in a system that plays to his strengths. He's going to be out there playing instinctual, and that's going to allow the game to come to him. I actually think that I'm uh, not a Marsauce Gardner. Derek Stingley Jr. will be a pro bowler. Mm. Sounds good. Question number three. This one's a good one. At the end of the 2023 campaign, will the Houston Texans regret not drafting or signing one of the top available wide receivers? You know, they're not going to regret it because it wasn't a part of their plan. Mm, sounds good. Question number four. I think this is a good one. Will John Grenard receive a contract extension before next offseason? I'm going to go with no. Any reason why? I just think that he's not in a position right now. I just don't believe he's in a position to go out there. And get a contract extension right now. Okay. Last question. Gary Guy Lewis, University of Houston. Rudy T, Houston Rockets. Dusty Baker or A.J. Hinch, depending on which one you prefer. These are coaches who have solidified themselves as legends in the city of Houston. Along with Van Chancellor, the head coach of the Houston Comets, who led them to four championship titles. In a row. In a row. But, John. At the end of his tenure with the Houston Texans, will Coach D'Amico Ryans add his name to the top coaches in Houston sports history? I'm going to say no simply because 
I haven't seen him coach an NFL game as a head coach. Uh, as of right now, when we look at the top head coaches in NFL history, for the Texans history, it's Bill O'Brien. So he has to surpass that in six <laughs> years. I'm going to say no as of right now. I'm not doubting him. Um, I honestly do think it's not going to take hard, be hard for him to surpass Bill O'Brien. By the way, for those of you guys, please don't get mad. I didn't include Calvin Sampson in there because he's still writing his legacy. But I do believe his name will be in that mix of great coaches in Houston sports history. All right. My turn. I'm doing one time. My turn. So I got my timer on. Cody, are you ready? Yes, sir. Listeners, of course, when you watch this, you'll be ready. I got a 15-second timer on. Question number one, who gets an extension first, Steven Nelson or Titus Howard? Titus Howell, because he has been one of the best offensive linemen for the Houston Texans at right tackle. Solidify him. Your offensive line is set along with Larry Thompson. All right. All right. Number two, who makes the roster, Troy Harrison or Andrew Beck? Ooh. I'm going to go with Andrew Beck because I've seen him in mandatory camp make plays more so than Troy Harrison at this moment. All right. Number three, number three, who will lead this team in receptions this season? Oh, that's a tough one. I think it's going to come down between Nico Collins and Robert Woods, but I'm going to go with Nico Collins only because he, him and CJ Stroud has already looked good. The connection between those two. So I'm going to have to go with Nico Collins plus Going into his third season with better quarterback play is going to be a phenomenal year for him. Okay. Number four, will Kenyon Green start the year as the starter for the Houston Texans? I know a lot of people are going to hate this. We talked about it a little bit on yesterday, but I'm going to have to go with the devil. I'm going to have to go with no. Um, mm. I understand that he is recovering from that. <laughs> I understand he's recovering from the knee injury, unfortunately. But like I mentioned, Michael Dater, Juice Scrubs, both of those guys have looked good at left guard. And I truly do believe that because he's battling with injuries, once again, it is hampering his development. He's losing quality snaps that can help him in his second season, unfortunately. Number five, what's more likely, Derek Stingley Jr. getting five picks this season or Nico Collins reaching the 1K mark? Nico Collins reaching the 1K mark. I'm going to go. No, 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 no. Only because, only because Derek Stingley Jr. has Jalen Petrie in the backfield with him, who is also another ball hawk. You got to add Jimmy Ward as well. So it's going to be hard for him to reach five interceptions. Okay. Like I just mentioned, Nico Collins, CJ Stroud already has a connection. And if Nico can stay healthy, I do believe that this is going to be a career year. I'm not projecting 1K, but what's more likely, that or five interceptions from Derek Stingley? I think he just has more of a – of an opportunity due to that position group not being as good as the defensive backfield. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Locked On Texan Game Show. I am one of your hosts, John, some sports guy here, but of course I'm joined by the contestant host as well, Cody Davis. <laughs> Until next time, which is next segment.
Thank you guys for watching the show. <laughs> and we are out. Welcome back in, Locked On Text and listeners and viewers. Thank you guys for sticking around for today's show. That was a, I had a lot of fun doing that. We got to keep that was that fun, going. man. We got to keep it going. Now we are diving into the YouTube comments, and hopefully next go around we will be, you know, you guys will be responding to the rapid question fires, fire, rapid fire questions. So we will be responding to those. One of the first comments, Cody. Um, y'all need to relax on. This was talking about Kenyon Green. I'm actually getting to this first because we just mentioned it. Mm. Y'all need to relax on Kenyon Green. He had knee surgery, not much condition that he can do. But, Cody, I think that's the whole point of talking about Kenyon Green, right? Mm -hmm. I'm an advocate of Kenyon Green. I have not washed my hands with Kenyon Green. And I even put it simply in that show that he's when he's healthy, he does what the Houston Texans want to do well, and that's run the ball. Mm -hmm. It's just – the countless amount of snaps and not only are you missing out on snaps, you're missing out on snaps with a new coach, right? It'd have been different if, if Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton were still the head coach and offensive coordinator, by the way, thank God that's not the case, but you got D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's, you got Bobby Slug. They're coming from a organization that uh, they're quick to replace a player. If they're not able to play and move on, because next guy up. And so that's the issue right now, Cody. Yeah. And that was my whole point of even mentioning Keon Green to begin with. Um, John, I'm not going to give up on Keon Green. I still think he could be a really good offensive lineman, but he has to stay healthy. And it's not just me that's starting to raise questions about Keon Green. Even Coach D'Amico Ryan, when you take a listen to what he had to say about the possibility of Keon Green being healthy, being ready at the start of training camp, it was concerning. I just want to play this video really quick, just one more time, so you could get a sense of what he had to say. Yeah, we'll see where Kenyon is come training camp. Uh, it's, uh, for Kenyon, he has to be ready to go, and the work that he puts in over the next few weeks, we'll see if he's ready and ready to go out and compete. That sounds like a head coach who is non-committal about the possibility of Keon Green being ready at the start of training camp. By the way, in that same press conference that took place on Wednesday, he did mention that John Mechie will be ready at the start of training camp. So you take that for what it's That's worth. That's positive. That is some positive. So early in the week, we talked about J.J. Watt being inducted into the ring of honor for this franchise. Uh, then we got to the conversation of who's going to be next, what current or future player or past player should be included into the ring of honor. Um, two comments from that, actually. One of them was from a man, Random Looker, 6792. What are you looking at randomly? What are you looking That's at? That's my guy. That's one of my favorite comments, by the way. <laughs> Listen, he said, I hear y'all talking about who should be in the Texans ring of honor, but they will put John Weeks in them before <laughs> – John Weeks in there before they put in, and that's when we're talking about Aaron Foster, Brian Cushion, who I think still should be in some consideration. But some of those Texan greats, John Weeks in there before those guys. Cody, you take that. <laughs> um, I mean, look, he broke. He has the all-time record for most game played in franchise history. You know, I I don't think they're gonna put John Weeks in there. And look, th- this is what I would say on Sports Radio six ten in the loop on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, um, Kyle Magnair and 
Hannah Magnera, both was on In The Loop, and they talked about what is going to be the criteria of the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And both of them came to the agreement saying that they wanted to make it an exclusive ball club. They didn't want it to make it to where you have people coming in from other cities looking at your Ring of Honor and saying, who is that? What did they do? And John, hearing that they're going to make it an exclusive ball club, I'm I'm not too sure if they're going to add too many more names when you talk about past players. The main three that I could think of, I know I was really big on Jonathan Joseph, but after hearing the criteria, I don't think he's going to have an opportunity to make it, unfortunately. There's three guys that come to my mind, um, DeAndre Hopkins, Dwayne Brown, and Arian Foster. <laughs> and you... It's easy to make an argument as to why they should make it, but at the same time, I think knowing how exclusive this ball club is going to be, I could honestly just see them not making it as well. And I know that's tough to say. I I actually like Hannah and Cal McNair coming out to say that simply because I think right now they are building a new tradition, and that new tradition Mm -hmm. is built upon winning games, winning meaningful games, and actually competing for something that matters. There's no way you're going to have a ring of honor without Andre Johnson, your best, your second best player in franchise history. Of course, JJ White, your best player in franchise history. So it's, I'm I'm glad that they got those two names out of the way. But if they're coming out and saying that, to me, it just says, hey, the past was the past. We're focused on building something significant for the future under Cal, and not necessarily under uh, the dad wow. Bob McNair. Also, the last Bob had a lot of great players as well. I.e. D Hop and Dwayne Brown. I I honestly do think, in terms of D Hop and Dwayne Brown, unfortunately, I think the way they left this franchise might be the reason why they don't make it, especially Dwayne Brown, because we all know he left with a messy, messy divorce. Um, D Hop, not so much. It was it was until when the whole franchise started collapsing. That's when we started learning things behind the scene. But you know. We'll see, man. We'll see. You know, a name we didn't talk about in the comment really brought this to my light. Garrett Kubiak also has to get in there, though, right? No. No no, Garrett Kubiak? No, because what is the criteria that Garrett Kubiak is meeting? I mean, yes, he holds the record for, you know, being the head coach of the, you know, in, in 2011 and 2010 when they won 10 games and then he turned around and won 12 games. But other than that, like, what else did he do? So you can't say Brian. I was Ooh, gonna say like no. You can't say not. no, no, no. I was please, please, please. I'm about to get canceled. Please don't think I'm about to sit here and make a case for Bill O'Brien. No, it's sad because I think his general manager duty is part of the reason why he would not make it. Um, but I was just gonna say, you know, Gary Kubiak unfortunately doesn't hold the title of winning in coaching franchise history in terms of percentages and number of wins because, unfortunately, that goes to Bill O'Brien. Like, every time you say Bill O'Brien, it's literally like his own entity, a dark entity. It's like, man, D'Amico, if you don't do anything else right throughout these six years, just please get those records from Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> 
Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube. Also, make sure you subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or like the two biggest spots that you can go find us. Also, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans as well. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody L. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember, we are in the offseason. We will be back on Tuesday because John is cutting a fit to have a day off. (laughs) But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.